0: Welcome to Sustainable Solutions, the podcast where we explore innovative ideas and strategies to tackle the pressing issue of climate change. I'm your host, Josh, and today we have a fascinating topic to discuss, the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. Joining me is our expert guest, Sam. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, Josh. I'm excited to be
1: here and talk about this critical aspect of combating climate change.
0: Fantastic. So, let's start with the basics. Sam, can you explain what carbon pricing is and how it works? Absolutely, Josh.
1: Carbon pricing is a market-based mechanism designed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by placing a financial cost on carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gas emissions. The idea is to create an economic incentive for businesses and individuals to reduce their emissions.
0: There are two primary methods of carbon pricing, carbon taxes and cap and trade systems. A carbon tax sets a specific price per ton of CO2 emissions, which companies pay based on their emissions. On the other hand, cap and trade establishes a limit, or cap, on total emissions and then issues or auctions off permits that allow companies to emit a certain amount. They can buy or sell these permits based on their emissions needs. That's a great explanation, Sam. Now, how does carbon pricing help address climate change and encourage green investments?
1: Carbon pricing encourages businesses and individuals to adopt cleaner and more sustainable practices by making it more expensive to pollute. When companies have to pay for their carbon emissions, they are incentivized to reduce those emissions to avoid the cost. This encourages the adoption of cleaner technologies, energy efficiency measures, and the transition to renewable energy sources. Furthermore, carbon pricing generates revenue that can be used to invest in green initiatives. Governments can use the funds to support renewable energy projects, research and development of clean technologies, and provide incentives for businesses and individuals to make sustainable choices. This creates a positive feedback loop, where the revenue generated from carbon pricing is reinvested in the transition to a low-carbon economy.
0: That's fascinating, Sam. It seems like carbon pricing can be an effective tool in combating climate change. But are there any challenges or criticisms associated with its implementation? Absolutely, Josh.
1: One common criticism is that carbon pricing can potentially disproportionately affect low-income households. The increased costs of goods and services resulting from carbon pricing can be regressive, meaning they impact lower-income individuals more significantly. It's crucial to address this concern by designing policies that provide assistance to vulnerable communities and ensure a just transition to a low carbon economy. Another challenge is the need for international cooperation. Climate change is a global problem, and for carbon pricing to be truly effective, it requires coordination and collaboration among countries. Harmonizing policies and addressing concerns about competitiveness between
0: nations is essential. Those are important considerations, Sam. So, how successful has carbon pricing been in practice? Are there any notable examples we can learn from?
1: Several countries and regions have implemented carbon pricing systems with varying degrees of success. One notable example is Sweden, which introduced a carbon tax in the early 1990s. Over the years, they have seen a significant reduction in emissions while maintaining steady economic growth. Another interesting example is the European Union's emissions trading system, (EU ETS) the world's largest cap and trade system. It has helped drive emissions reductions in multiple sectors and has been a catalyst for renewable energy investments. It's important to note that the success of carbon pricing depends on various factors, such as the price level, coverage, and complementary policies in place. Each country or region must tailor its approach to suit its specific circumstances.
0: Absolutely, Sam. As we wrap up this segment, let's delve deeper into the advantages and challenges of carbon pricing and explore some additional case studies. One of the significant advantages of carbon pricing is its ability to provide a clear price signal to the market. By placing a price on carbon emissions, businesses and individuals can make more informed decisions about their investments and activities. It encourages the development and adoption of cleaner technologies, such as renewable energy, energy efficient systems, and sustainable practices. Carbon pricing also stimulates innovation, as companies strive to find cost effective ways to reduce their emissions and stay competitive in a low carbon economy. Additionally, carbon pricing creates a revenue stream that can be used to drive further climate action. Governments can allocate funds generated through carbon pricing to invest in sustainable infrastructure, research and development, and support disadvantaged communities. This helps create a more equitable and just transition to a green economy. However, there are challenges associated with implementing carbon pricing. One of the primary concerns is the potential impact on industries that are heavily dependent on fossil fuels. In some cases, carbon pricing may lead to increased costs for these industries, which can affect their competitiveness in the global market. To address this issue, policymakers need to carefully design carbon pricing mechanisms, taking into account sector-specific challenges and implementing supportive policies to facilitate the transition for these industries. Another challenge is ensuring that carbon pricing does not disproportionately burden low-income households. It is crucial to design mechanisms that protect vulnerable communities and provide assistance to those who may be impacted by the increased costs associated with carbon pricing. This can be achieved through targeted policies, such as income redistribution or subsidies for energy-efficient technologies, to ensure an equitable distribution of the costs and benefits of carbon pricing. Let's explore some additional case studies to understand the real-world impact of carbon pricing. British Columbia, Canada, implemented a carbon tax in 2008, becoming the first jurisdiction in North America to do so. The tax was designed to be revenue neutral, with the revenue returned to taxpayers through tax reductions. The province has seen a decline in per capita greenhouse gas emissions since the introduction of the carbon tax, while its economy has continued to grow. Another example is California's cap and trade system, which was launched in 2013. The program sets a cap on emissions from major industries and allows for the trading of emission allowances. California's cap and trade system has successfully reduced emissions while generating revenue that has been reinvested in various climate programs, including renewable energy projects and public transportation. Internationally, Sweden's carbon tax has been widely regarded as a successful example. Introduced in 1991, the tax gradually increased over time and led to a significant reduction in emissions. Sweden has been able to decouple economic growth from carbon emissions, demonstrating that carbon pricing can be effective in achieving both environmental and economic goals. In conclusion, carbon pricing plays a crucial role in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. It provides a market based mechanism to internalize the costs of carbon emissions and encourages the transition to a low carbon economy. However, it's essential to carefully consider the design of carbon pricing policies to address potential challenges, such as the impact on disadvantaged communities and the competitiveness of certain industries. By learning from successful case studies and implementing complementary policies, we can harness the power of carbon pricing to mitigate climate change and build a sustainable future. Sam, Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh.
1: While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower-income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. On the other hand, cap-and-trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions an issue, or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap-and-trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory, while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. However, it's essential to carefully consider the coverage and allocation of permits in cap-and-trade systems. Determining which industries or sectors are included, and how permits are distributed can have a significant impact on the effectiveness and equity of the system. It's crucial to avoid creating loopholes or windfall profits for certain industries, and ensure that emission reductions are achieved across the board. Another aspect to consider is the potential for linking carbon pricing systems across regions or countries. Linking allows for a broader market, increasing efficiency and reducing costs. When different jurisdictions collaborate, they can establish a common carbon price and enable the trading of permits between them. The European Union has successfully linked its emissions trading system with other countries and regions, expanding the scope and impact of carbon pricing.
0: Thanks, Sam. It's fascinating to see the various factors that need to be considered when implementing carbon pricing. Now, let's discuss the potential impact of carbon pricing on different sectors of the economy. How does it affect industries, and what are some strategies for mitigating any adverse effects?
1: That's an important question, Josh. The impact of carbon pricing on industries can vary depending on factors such as their energy intensity, competitiveness, and ability to adopt low-carbon technologies. Some industries, particularly those heavily reliant on fossil fuels, may face significant challenges in adapting to carbon pricing. To mitigate these challenges, policymakers can implement complementary policies to support affected industries. For instance, they can provide financial incentives and support for research and development of clean technologies, helping industries transition to more sustainable practices. Additionally, targeted policies can be implemented to retrain and upskill workers in industries that may experience job losses as a result of the transition. By combining carbon pricing with supportive measures, we can ensure a just and smooth transition to a low-carbon economy. Moreover, it's essential to consider the potential for leakage, where industries may relocate to regions with lower or no carbon pricing, resulting in increased emissions elsewhere. To address this, policymakers can explore border carbon adjustments. These adjustments impose a tariff on imports from countries that do not have equivalent carbon pricing measures, leveling the playing field.
0: Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects, supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on low income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. On the other hand, cap and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap and trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. However, it's essential to carefully consider the coverage and allocation of permits in cap and trade systems. Determining which industries or sectors are included and how permits are distributed can have a significant impact on the effectiveness and equity of the system. It's crucial to avoid creating loopholes or windfall profits for certain industries and ensure that emission reductions are achieved across the board. Another aspect to consider is the potential for linking carbon pricing systems across regions or countries. Linking allows for a broader market, increasing efficiency and reducing costs. When different jurisdictions collaborate, they can establish a common carbon price and enable the trading of permits between them. The European Union has successfully linked its emissions trading system with other countries and regions, expanding the scope and impact of carbon pricing. Thanks, Sam. It's fascinating to see the various factors that need to be considered when implementing carbon pricing. Now, let's discuss the potential impact of carbon pricing on different sectors of the economy. How does it affect industries, and what are some strategies for mitigating any adverse effects?
1: That's an important question, Josh. The impact of carbon pricing on industries can vary depending on factors such as their energy intensity, competitiveness, and ability to adopt low-carbon technologies. Some industries, particularly those heavily reliant on fossil fuels, May face significant challenges in adapting to carbon pricing. To mitigate these challenges, policymakers can implement complementary policies to support affected industries. For instance, they can provide financial incentives and support for research and development of clean technologies, helping industries transition to more sustainable practices. Additionally, targeted policies can be implemented to retrain and upskill workers in industries that may experience job losses as a result of the transition. By combining carbon pricing with supportive measures, we can ensure a just and smooth transition to a low carbon economy. Moreover, it's essential to consider the potential for leakage, where industries may relocate to regions with lower or no carbon pricing, resulting in increased emissions elsewhere. To address this, policymakers can explore border carbon adjustments. These adjustments impose a tariff on imports from countries that do not have equivalent carbon pricing measures.
0: Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh.
1: While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower-income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. On the other hand, cap-and-trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions an issue, or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap-and-trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory, while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. However, it's essential to carefully consider the coverage and allocation of permits in cap-and-trade systems. Determining which industries or sectors are included, and how permits are distributed can have a significant impact on the effectiveness and equity of the system. It's crucial to avoid creating loopholes or windfall profits for certain industries, and ensure that emission reductions are achieved across the board. Another aspect to consider is the potential for linking carbon pricing systems across regions or countries. Linking allows for a broader market, increasing efficiency and reducing costs. When different jurisdictions collaborate, they can establish a common carbon price and enable the trading of permits between them. The European Union has successfully linked its emissions trading system with other countries and regions, expanding the scope and impact of carbon pricing.
0: Thanks, Sam. It's fascinating to see the various factors that need to be considered when implementing carbon pricing. Now, let's discuss the potential impact of carbon pricing on different sectors of the economy. How does it affect industries, and what are some strategies for mitigating any adverse effects?
1: That's an important question, Josh. The impact of carbon pricing on industries can vary depending on factors such as their energy intensity, competitiveness, and ability to adopt low-carbon technologies. Some industries, particularly those heavily reliant on fossil fuels, may face significant challenges in adapting to carbon pricing. To mitigate these challenges, policymakers can implement complementary policies to support affected industries. For instance, they can provide financial incentives and support for research and development of clean technologies, helping industries transition to more sustainable practices. Additionally, targeted policies can be implemented to retrain and upskill workers in industries that may experience job losses as a result of the transition. By combining carbon pricing with supportive measures, we can ensure a just and smooth transition to a low-carbon economy. Moreover, it's essential to consider the potential for leakage, where industries may relocate to regions with lower or no carbon pricing, resulting in increased emissions elsewhere. To address this, policymakers can explore border carbon adjustments. These adjustments impose a tariff on imports from countries that do not have equivalent carbon pricing measures.
0: Absolutely, Sam. Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh.
1: While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects. Supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. On the other hand, cap and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue, or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap-and-trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory, while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. However, it's essential to carefully consider the coverage and allocation of permits in cap-and-trade systems. Determining which industries or sectors are included, and how permits are distributed can have a significant impact on the effectiveness and equity of the system. It's crucial to avoid creating loopholes or windfall profits for certain industries, and ensure that emission reductions are achieved across the board. Another aspect to consider is the potential for linking carbon pricing systems across regions or countries. Linking allows for a broader market, increasing efficiency and reducing costs. When different jurisdictions collaborate, they can establish a common carbon price and enable the trading of permits between them. The European Union has successfully linked its emissions trading system with other countries and regions, expanding the scope and impact of carbon pricing.
0: Thanks, Sam. It's fascinating to see the various factors that need to be considered when implementing carbon pricing. Now, let's discuss the potential impact of carbon pricing on different sectors of the economy. How does it affect industries, and what are some strategies for mitigating any adverse effects?
1: That's an important question, Josh. The impact of carbon pricing on industries can vary depending on factors such as their energy intensity, competitiveness, and ability to adopt low-carbon technologies. Some industries, particularly those heavily reliant on fossil fuels, may face significant challenges in adapting to carbon pricing. To mitigate these challenges, policymakers can implement complementary policies to support affected industries. For instance, they can provide financial incentives and support for research and development of clean technologies, helping industries transition to more sustainable practices. Additionally, targeted policies can be implemented to retrain and upskill workers in industries that may experience job losses as a result of the transition. By combining carbon pricing with supportive measures, we can ensure a just and smooth transition to a low-carbon economy. Moreover, it's essential to consider the potential for leakage, where industries may relocate to regions with lower or no carbon pricing, resulting in increased emissions elsewhere. To address this, policymakers can explore border carbon adjustments. These adjustments impose a tariff on imports from countries that do not have equivalent carbon pricing measures, leveling the playing field.
0: Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly,
1: Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects. Supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. On the other hand, cap and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue, or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap-and-trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory, while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. However, it's essential to carefully consider the coverage and allocation of permits in cap-and-trade systems. Determining which industries or sectors are included, and how permits are distributed can have a significant impact on the effectiveness and equity of the system. It's crucial to avoid creating loopholes or windfall profits for certain industries, and ensure that emission reductions are achieved across the board. Another aspect to consider is the potential for linking carbon pricing systems across regions or countries. Linking allows for a broader market, increasing efficiency and reducing costs when different jurisdictions collaborate, they can establish a common carbon price and enable the trading of permits between them. The European Union has successfully linked its emissions trading system with other countries and regions, expanding the scope and impact of carbon pricing.
0: Thanks, Sam. It's fascinating to see the various factors that need to be considered when implementing carbon pricing. Now, let's discuss the potential impact of carbon pricing on different sectors of the economy. How does it affect industries, and what are some strategies for mitigating any adverse effects? That's
1: an important question, Josh. The impact of carbon pricing on industries can vary depending on factors such as their energy intensity, competitiveness, and ability to adopt low-carbon technologies. Some industries, particularly those heavily reliant on fossil fuels, may face significant challenges in adapting to carbon pricing. To mitigate these challenges, policymakers can implement complementary policies to support affected industries. For instance, they can provide financial incentives and support for research and development of clean technologies, helping industries transition to more sustainable practices. Additionally, targeted policies can be implemented to retrain and upskill workers in industries that may experience job losses as a result of the transition. By combining carbon pricing with supportive measures, we can ensure a just and smooth transition to a low-carbon economy. Moreover, it's essential to consider the potential for leakage, where industries may relocate to regions with lower or no carbon pricing, resulting in increased emissions elsewhere. To address this, policymakers can explore border carbon adjustments. These adjustments impose a tariff on imports from countries that do not have equivalent carbon pricing measures.
0: Sam Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly,
1: Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation.
0: Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects, supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. In addition to the price level, the coverage of the carbon tax is crucial. It can be applied to various sectors, including energy, transportation, and industrial processes. Determining the sectors to be included and the specific emission sources to be covered requires careful analysis of their contribution to greenhouse gas emissions and their potential for emission reductions. Policymakers may choose to start with a narrower coverage and gradually expand it over time to allow industries to adjust and adapt. On the other hand, cap and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap and trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. When designing a cap-and-trade system, policymakers need to carefully consider the initial allocation of permits. Different allocation methods exist, such as free allocation based on historical emissions or auctioning all permits. Each method has its advantages and disadvantages, and the choice depends on the policy goals, equity considerations, and political feasibility. Additionally, The frequency of permit allocation and adjustments to the cap over time should be carefully monitored and adjusted to ensure the effectiveness and integrity of the system. However, it's essential to carefully consider the coverage and allocation of permits in cap and trade systems. Determining which industries or sectors are included and how permits are distributed can have a significant impact on the effectiveness and equity of the system. It's crucial to avoid creating loopholes or windfall profits for certain industries and ensure that emission reductions are achieved across the board. Another aspect to consider is the potential for linking carbon pricing systems across regions or countries. Linking allows for a broader market, increasing efficiency and reducing costs. When different jurisdictions collaborate, they can establish a common carbon price and enable the trading of permits between them. The European Union has successfully linked its emissions trading system with other countries and regions, expanding the scope and impact of carbon pricing. Thanks, Sam. It's fascinating to see the various factors that need to be considered when implementing carbon pricing. Now, let's discuss the potential impact of carbon pricing on different sectors of the economy. How does it affect industries, and what are some strategies for mitigating any adverse effects? That's
1: an important question, Josh. The impact of carbon pricing on industries can vary depending on factors such as their energy intensity, competitiveness, and ability to adopt low carbon tools.
0: Absolutely, Sam. Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects, supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower-income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. In addition to the price level, the coverage of the carbon tax is crucial. It can be applied to various sectors, including energy, transportation, and industrial processes. Determining the sectors to be included and the specific emission sources to be covered requires careful analysis of their contribution to greenhouse gas emissions and their potential for emission reductions. Policymakers may choose to start with a narrower coverage and gradually expand it over time to allow industries to adjust and adapt. Moreover, policymakers must also consider the potential for carbon leakage when implementing carbon taxes. Carbon leakage occurs when businesses move their operations to regions with lower or no carbon pricing. Potentially increasing global emissions. To address this issue, policymakers can introduce measures such as border carbon adjustments or carbon tariffs on imported goods from countries without equivalent carbon pricing policies. These adjustments ensure a level playing field for domestic industries and discourage the relocation of emissions intensive activities to jurisdictions with less stringent climate policies. On the other hand, cap and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap and trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. When designing a cap and trade system, policymakers need to carefully consider the initial allocation of permits. Different allocation methods exist, such as free allocation based on historical emissions or auctioning all permits. Each method has its advantages and disadvantages, and the choice depends on the policy goals, equity considerations, and political feasibility. Additionally, the frequency of permit allocation and adjustments to the cap over time should be carefully monitored and adjusted to ensure the effectiveness and integrity of the system. To ensure the environmental effectiveness of cap and trade systems, mechanisms for offsetting emissions should be considered. Offset projects allow entities to invest in activities that reduce emissions outside the capped sectors. However, it is important to ensure the credibility and additionality of offset projects to avoid double counting and ensure real emission reductions. However, it's essential to carefully consider the coverage and allocation of permits in cap and trade systems. Determining which industries or sectors are included and how permits are distributed can have a significant impact on the effectiveness and equity of the system. It's crucial to avoid creating loopholes or windfall profits for certain industries and ensure that emission reductions are achieved across the board. Another aspect to consider is the potential for linking carbon pricing systems across regions or countries. Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects, supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. In addition to the price level, the coverage of the carbon tax is crucial. It can be applied to various sectors, including energy, transportation, and industrial processes. Determining the sectors to be included and the specific emission sources to be covered requires careful analysis of their contribution to greenhouse gas emissions and their potential for emission reductions. Policymakers may choose to start with a narrower coverage and gradually expand it over time to allow industries to adjust and adapt. Moreover, policymakers must also consider the potential for carbon leakage when implementing carbon taxes. Carbon leakage occurs when businesses move their operations to regions with lower or no carbon pricing, potentially increasing global emissions. To address this issue, policymakers can introduce measures such as border carbon adjustments or carbon tariffs on imported goods from countries without equivalent carbon pricing policies. These adjustments ensure a level playing field for domestic industries and discourage the relocation of emissions intensive activities to jurisdictions with less stringent climate policies. Furthermore, the revenue generated from carbon taxes can be strategically utilized to support the transition to a low-carbon economy. For instance, a portion of the revenue can be directed towards funding research and development of clean technologies, promoting renewable energy deployment, and supporting energy efficiency initiatives. This approach not only drives emission reductions but also stimulates economic growth and job creation in the clean energy sector. On the other hand, CAP and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of CAP and trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. When designing a cap-and-trade system, policymakers need to carefully consider the initial allocation of permits. Different allocation methods exist, such as free allocation based on historical emissions or auctioning all permits. Each method has its advantages and disadvantages, and the choice depends on the policy goals, equity considerations, and political feasibility. Additionally, the frequency of permit allocation and adjustments to the cap over time should be carefully monitored and adjusted to ensure the effectiveness and integrity of the system. To ensure the environmental effectiveness of cap and trade systems, mechanisms for offsetting emissions should be considered. Offset projects allow entities to invest in activities that reduce emissions outside the capped sectors. However, it is important to ensure the credibility and additionality of offset projects to avoid double counting and ensure real emission reductions. It's worth noting that combining carbon taxes and cap and trade systems can also be an effective approach. Absolutely, Sam. Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects, supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. In addition to the price level, the coverage of the carbon tax is crucial. It can be applied to various sectors, including energy, transportation, and industrial processes. Determining the sectors to be included and the specific emission sources to be covered requires careful analysis of their contribution to greenhouse gas emissions and their potential for emission reductions. Policymakers may choose to start with a narrower coverage and gradually expand it over time to allow industries to adjust and adapt. Moreover, policymakers must also consider the potential for carbon leakage when implementing carbon taxes. Carbon leakage occurs when businesses move their operations to regions with lower or no carbon pricing. Potentially increasing global emissions. To address this issue, policymakers can introduce measures such as border carbon adjustments or carbon tariffs on imported goods from countries without equivalent carbon pricing policies. These adjustments ensure a level playing field for domestic industries and discourage the relocation of emissions intensive activities to jurisdictions with less stringent climate policies. Furthermore, the revenue generated from carbon taxes can be strategically utilized to support the transition to a low carbon economy. For instance, a portion of the revenue can be directed towards funding research and development of clean technologies, promoting renewable energy deployment, and supporting energy efficiency initiatives. This approach not only drives emission reductions but also stimulates economic growth and job creation in the clean energy sector. On the other hand, CAP and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of cap and trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. When designing a cap-and-trade system, policymakers need to carefully consider the initial allocation of permits. Different allocation methods exist, such as free allocation based on historical emissions or auctioning all permits. Each method has its advantages and disadvantages, and the choice depends on the policy goals, equity considerations, and political feasibility. Additionally, the frequency of permit allocation and adjustments to the cap over time should be carefully monitored and adjusted to ensure the effectiveness and integrity of the system. To ensure the environmental effectiveness of cap and trade systems, mechanisms for offsetting emissions should be considered. Offset projects allow entities to invest in activities that reduce emissions outside the capped sectors. However, it is important to ensure the credibility and additionality of offset projects to avoid double counting and ensure real emission reductions. It's worth noting that combining carbon taxes and cap and trade systems can also be an effective approach. Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects, supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. In addition to the price level, the coverage of the carbon tax is crucial. It can be applied to various sectors, including energy, transportation, and industrial processes. Determining the sectors to be included and the specific emission sources to be covered requires careful analysis of their contribution to greenhouse gas emissions and their potential for emission reductions. Policymakers may choose to start with a narrower coverage and gradually expand it over time to allow industries to adjust and adapt. Moreover, policymakers must also consider the potential for carbon leakage when implementing carbon taxes. Carbon leakage occurs when businesses move their operations to regions with lower or no carbon pricing potentially increasing global emissions. To address this issue, policymakers can introduce measures such as border carbon adjustments or carbon tariffs on imported goods from countries without equivalent carbon pricing policies. These adjustments ensure a level playing field for domestic industries and discourage the relocation of emissions-intensive activities to jurisdictions with less stringent climate policies. Furthermore, the revenue generated from carbon taxes can be strategically utilized to support the transition to a low carbon economy. For instance, a portion of the revenue can be directed towards funding research and development of clean technologies, promoting renewable energy deployment, and supporting energy efficiency initiatives. This approach not only drives emission reductions but also stimulates economic growth and job creation in the clean energy sector. On the other hand, CAP and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of CAP and trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. When designing a cap-and-trade system, policymakers need to carefully consider the initial allocation of permits. Different allocation methods exist, such as free allocation based on historical emissions or auctioning all permits. Each method has its advantages and disadvantages, and the choice depends on the policy goals, equity considerations, and political feasibility. Additionally, the frequency of permit allocation and adjustments to the cap over time should be carefully monitored and adjusted to ensure the effectiveness and integrity of the system. To ensure the environmental effectiveness of cap and trade systems, mechanisms for offsetting emissions should be considered. Offset projects allow entities to invest in activities that reduce emissions outside the capped sectors. However, it is important to ensure the credibility and additionality of offset projects to avoid double counting and ensure real emission reductions. It's worth noting that combining carbon taxes and cap and trade systems can also be an effective approach. Absolutely, Sam. Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh. While carbon taxes and cap and trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be used in different ways, such as investing in renewable energy projects, supporting climate adaptation measures, or providing tax rebates to mitigate the impact on lower income households. It's important to consider the social and economic context to ensure an equitable and effective carbon tax policy. In addition to the price level, the coverage of the carbon tax is crucial. It can be applied to various sectors, including energy, transportation, and industrial processes. Determining the sectors to be included and the specific emission sources to be covered requires careful analysis of their contribution to greenhouse gas emissions and their potential for emission reductions. Policymakers may choose to start with a narrower coverage and gradually expand it over time to allow industries to adjust and adapt. Moreover, policymakers must also consider the potential for carbon leakage when implementing carbon taxes. Carbon leakage occurs when businesses move their operations to regions with lower or no carbon pricing, potentially increasing global emissions. To address this issue, policymakers can introduce measures such as border carbon adjustments or carbon tariffs on imported goods from countries without equivalent carbon pricing policies. These adjustments ensure a level playing field for domestic industries and discourage the relocation of emissions intensive activities to jurisdictions with less stringent climate policies. Furthermore, the revenue generated from carbon taxes can be strategically utilized to support the transition to a low carbon economy. For instance, a portion of the revenue can be directed towards funding research and development of clean technologies, promoting renewable energy deployment, and supporting energy efficiency initiatives. This approach not only drives emission reductions but also stimulates economic growth and job creation in the clean energy sector. On the other hand, CAP and trade systems offer flexibility in achieving emission reduction targets. These systems set a cap on overall emissions and issue or auction off a limited number of permits that authorize emissions up to a certain level. This approach creates a market for trading permits, allowing companies to buy or sell them based on their emission needs. The advantage of CAP and trade systems is that they provide a predictable emissions trajectory while allowing the market to determine the price of permits. This flexibility enables industries to find the most cost effective ways to reduce emissions, fostering innovation and efficiency gains. When designing a cap and trade system, policymakers need to carefully consider the initial allocation of permits. Different allocation methods exist, such as free allocation based on historical emissions or auctioning all permits. Each method has its advantages and disadvantages, and the choice depends on the policy goals, equity considerations, and political feasibility. Additionally, the frequency of permit allocation and adjustments to the cap over time should be carefully monitored and adjusted to ensure the effectiveness and integrity of the system. To ensure the environmental effectiveness of cap and trade systems, mechanisms for offsetting emissions should be considered. Offset projects allow entities to invest in activities that reduce emissions outside the capped sectors. However, it is important to ensure the credibility and additionality of offset projects to avoid double counting and ensure real emission reductions. It's worth noting that combining carbon taxes and cap and trade systems can also be an effective approach. Let's continue our exploration of the role of carbon pricing in addressing climate change and incentivizing green investments. We've touched on the basics and some case studies, but there's still so much more to discuss. Sam, could you elaborate on the different approaches to carbon pricing and how they can be tailored to suit specific contexts? Certainly, Josh. While carbon taxes and and cap-and-trade systems are the two primary approaches to carbon pricing, there is flexibility in their design and implementation. Let's dive deeper into these options. When it comes to carbon taxes, there are various factors to consider. First, the price level must strike a balance. A low price may not effectively incentivize emission reductions, while an excessively high price could place a heavy burden on businesses and individuals. Finding the right price point involves considering the social, economic, and environmental implications. Careful analysis and modeling can help determine an optimal price that maximizes emission reductions while maintaining economic competitiveness and fairness. The revenue generated from carbon taxes can be utilized in different ways. It can be invested in renewable energy projects, such as solar and wind farms, to accelerate the transition to a low-carbon energy system. Funding research and development in clean technologies and innovation can drive technological advancements and cost reductions, making green solutions more accessible and affordable. Additionally, supporting climate adaptation measures, such as building resilient infrastructure and enhancing disaster preparedness, can help communities cope with the impacts of climate change. Furthermore, carbon tax revenue can be used to provide financial support to vulnerable populations. This can include providing tax rebates or income transfers to low income households to mitigate the potential burden of increased energy costs. By incorporating progressive elements into the tax structure, policymakers can ensure that the carbon tax remains equitable and does not disproportionately impact those with limited resources. In addition to the price level and revenue allocation, the design of the carbon tax should account for sector specific considerations. Some sectors, such as heavy industry or agriculture, may require different pricing mechanisms or exemptions due to unique challenges or long-term transition requirements. Collaborating with industry stakeholders and conducting thorough impact assessments can help inform targeted measures and policies that address sector-specific needs while driving emission reductions. Now, let's turn our attention to cap and trade systems. These systems establish a market for emissions permits, allowing companies to buy and sell allowances to emit greenhouse gases up to a specified cap. One key advantage of cap and trade systems is their flexibility. By setting a declining cap over time, they provide a clear emissions reduction trajectory, encouraging companies to innovate and invest in low-carbon technologies. To ensure the effectiveness of cap and trade systems, policymakers need to carefully determine the initial allocation of permits. Different approaches can be used, including free allocation based on historical emissions or auctioning all permits. The choice depends on various factors, such as fairness, cost-effectiveness, and administrative feasibility. A well-designed allocation system can prevent windfall profits and ensure a level playing field while encouraging emission reductions across industries. To enhance the environmental integrity of cap and trade systems, measures should be in place to avoid offsetting emissions reductions within the capped sectors. Additionally, mechanisms for offsetting emissions outside the capped sectors can be implemented. However, it's crucial to ensure that offset projects are verifiable, additional, and transparent. This ensures that the emission reductions achieved through offsets are real and contribute to overall climate goals. Furthermore, cap and trade systems can be linked across jurisdictions, creating broader carbon markets. This linking allows for the trading of permits between different regions, increasing market efficiency and reducing compliance costs. Linking can also enhance ambition by aligning emission reduction efforts and creating a more consistent carbon price signal across jurisdictions. It's important to note that carbon pricing alone is not a silver bullet for addressing climate change. Absolutely, Sam. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you found it informative and thought provoking. Stay tuned for future episodes where we'll delve into more topics related to sustainability and the environment. Remember, together we can make a difference in the fight against climate change. Until next time, stay informed, stay engaged, and stay committed to building a greener future.